new on Curiosity Stream. I'm James Burke. I'm going to take you on a journey through time. James Burke's visionary series returns, reimagined for our time. Now, this is all uncharted territory. The Washington Post hails Burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the Western world. The New York Times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another. Where do we want to go from here? Experience all new connections. So what's the next connection? With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. As producer Tyler just said, it's time to talk about some people punching each other in the face right here on the Stochastic MMA Strategy Show. Get you ready here for UFC Vegas number 6-2 come up here on Saturday afternoon. Prelims start at 4 o'clock Eastern time. Main card 7 p.m. Eastern time. And hey, Pete, I will be here on Saturday. Oh, boy. We are in for a treat, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, taking an early flight to Pittsburgh on Saturday uh, morning, and uh, I will be uh, in my hotel. Time to do the uh, Live for Lock on Saturday at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Of course, we appreciate everyone tuning in here for the Strategy Show. Of course, be sure to smash that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel if you've not done that. Of course, you know we got you covered all day long for all your DFS and betting coverage. Of course, coming up after us will be the NHL Strategy Show. But, Pete, we're here to break this one down for you. I will tell you, there is there's one fight on this card i don't feel great about saying that you gotta roster it but you gotta roster it do you know what that one fight is it's gotta be the, the todorovich jordan Wright yeah. fight if i had to guess yes yes no question complete that, volatility <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like that's one of those fights that when you go over to fantasy cruncher you might just have to say give me one or the other yeah and i'll tell you what i i mean not to kind of skip ahead too much but i'm favoring todorovich a, a lot in the matchup, even though I don't trust him as as crazy as that is. I just, I'm not a Jordan Wright guy. So um excited to hear what you have to say with some of this card, some of these matchups. All in all, it's a blah card. Um, some exciting matchups, but, you know, the, the headliner's a head scratcher for me. I mean, look, I, I think there's a couple of fights that do intrigue me. I'm, I am intrigued to see what Cub Swanson looks like at 135 mm -hmm. pounds. The first time he fights at 135 pounds since 2005. I had to go back in that topology and start to kind of figure out if he had ever fought at 135 pounds. I do think we got a really good flyweight matchup in Askar Askarov and Brand Roy Val, but we're going to break this one down for you. As Pete mentioned, we got headliner, which uh, Alexa Grosso, she's calling this like a semifinal type matchup in terms of potentially getting a title shot there. There in the 125 pound division as she takes on Viviana Arujo, 9,000 for Alexa Grosso on DK for Arujo, 7,200. This fight was supposed to take place back in August, however, Alexa Grosso did withdraw from that. Grosso, she's won three in a row coming off uh, that submission win back in March against Jojo Wood. Uh, of course, when I think of Alexa Grosso, I do think of a volume puncher, but not a puncher that's going to go out there and just, you know, knock you out. And of course, six of her last eight fights. 
She has gone the distance in the UFC. When you look over to the other side, Vivian Rougeau, three and one in her last four, coming off a decision win in May against Andrea Lee. She has now gone the distance in six straight fights in the UFC after winning her UFC debut via stop. But she does have a two-inch reach advantage. And, you know, Pete, when I, w- I was looking over the, the fight stats on this one, there was one stat that stuck out to me that made me wonder. Could Vivian Rougeau go to takedown city here? She averages 2.23 takedowns landed per 15 minutes of fighting in the UFC. Yeah. So all in all, I'm excited about the matchup. And I think for DFS, because it's five rounds, I'm going to get to both sides. Um, we, we did see Mackenzie Dern kind of drop the ball uh, the last time that we were around. And, um, you know, you had an underdog cashing in a, in a five round main event. So I do think that Viviane Adarujo will be popular, and rightfully so. It's women's MMA, which is volatile at times, but um, underdogs tend to pull out victories more often than not. As far as the matchup, I, I do think that Viviane Adarujo has a strength advantage over Alexa Grasso. I, I do have to say that. And I think the takedowns could come, but every time that you are taking your opponent down or attempting to, you are taxing your body from a cardiovascular standpoint. And I actually think that Ada Ujo is not built for five rounds as well as Alexa Grasso is. And uh, there have been times where I'm watching Viviana Ada Ujo fight and I'm like, eh, you know, taking a foot off the gas pedal a little bit, looking like she has some somewhat of a questionable gas tank. And uh, Alexa Grasso on the other end seems like the the steadier fighter, the more consistent fighter, the, the fighter who's going to be there from minute one to minute 25. Um, and, and I do think that the volume and her skill set where she can – uh, negate some of Ada Ujo's attempts could actually tax uh, Viviana. So um, I'm going to be favoring Alexa Grasso, but as far as like lineup construction, like, you know, you could do worse than, than having the underdog in a five round women's MMA bout, you know, come out there and, and even in a loss do well enough, especially if she has a takedown upside. So I'm picking uh, uh, Alexa Grasso to win the matchup, but it, it's a, it's an interesting matchup for sure. And uh, I mean, if you really want to build some lineups with the cheap auto Ujo, I'm not against that at all. It's not a fight that I'm going to prioritize as a part okay. of my DFS lineup constructs. I mean, look, I'm going to get to it, but it's not a yeah. fight that, I mean, I think for most weeks, you know, the main event is a fight that you're going to target. It's just one of those weeks that may not be, of course, we're sponsored by prize picks and look it over at prize picks for the props over there. Alexa Grosso. The one that does stick out to me is the 97 and a half significant strike number little, you know, might be a little bit high, but if she can keep this fight on the feet and Arujo does not take the fight to the ground, um, I would probably slide going a little over that 97.5 there uh, in terms of her. But, uh, you know, there are some uh, numbers over there at Price Picks that I do like her to get into as uh, this is a week I, on Price Picks. I want to attack the fight time. Plus, I got that free square going on for NBA opening night with Steph Curry. You got to take advantage of that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Now, the co-main event, I mentioned about it, Cub Swanson making his UFC Bantamweight debut as he's taking on Jonathan Martinez. Jonathan Martinez, he is 8,800. Cub Swanson is 7,400 over on DraftKings. And mentioned I was going through the topology page of Cub Swanson. The last time he fought Bantamweight was back in a very early part of his career, 2004-2005. Cub Swanson has been up and down over the last five years since 2017, four and five. He is coming off that first round TKO win versus Darren Elkins. For Jonathan Martinez, one three in a row. All those wins have come by decision, and seven of his 10 UFC fights have gone the distance. The one thing that stuck out to me, and I don't know if you saw this, media day was yesterday. Cub Swanson goes up there with one of his training partners, 
and his training partner answers the questions for him. I'm not sure how to take that, Pete. Is it a bad weight cut? Is it he just didn't want to do the media? Kind of just a, a very odd scene yesterday in Las Vegas. I'm going to have to che- uh, check that out. Uh, I saw something, but I didn't have time to check on, uh, to, to watch it. But, I mean, it's just it's a weird situation in itself. You have Cub Swanson going down to a weight class that perhaps he should have been at all along. Um, but I, I do not like these um, experiments later on in fighters' careers. Like, I, I really do not. It's almost like grasping for straws. Um, and it's not like he hasn't been successful. He's been decently successful. I mean, he's coming off a very nice knockout win of, over a, a very durable guy in Darren Elkins. So when you could put away a guy like that, it's like, all right, well, you know, he's a, he's a true 45er now going to 35. I don't know how he's going to respond. And when I look at the matchups and I think about how Jonathan Martinez can kind of, you know, pick up a victory over him. Um, obviously you want to test a fighter to the chin when, when they're cutting a tremendous amount of weight, but you also want to test them to the body. And if I go back and I watch some fights, obviously the, uh, Giga Chikadze body kick to the ground and pound finish is something that sticks out to me because when people are cutting a tremendous amount of weight, you are very vulnerable to the body. And I wonder Jonathan Martinez being so kick heavy in his, his usual approach. I'm sure that's going to be part of the game plan. Now on the, on the complete flip side of this, had I not known this was at bantamweight and this was at 145 pounds, I think Cub Swanson is one of the biggest upside underdogs on the slate because of his knockout power. Um, he can knock people out. He's very diverse. He has good throws. He's a, uh, a submission uh, liability as far as getting caught in submissions at times, but he does have a well-rounded skill set that, that can pose Jonathan Martinez problems, especially where Martinez has been chin checked and dropped numerous times throughout his fights. Um, so like, I really like Cub Swanson, but I do not like the weight cut, if that makes sense. So I, I want to see how the weight cut goes. I want to see how he looks on the scales at face-offs, um, to really get a better read on this. Because if he looks terrible, I can really see a Jonathan Martinez body kick or knee up the middle or just, you know, a a knockout where Cub Swanson at 100% health with a true proper weight cut would beat Jonathan Martinez all day long. So it's a with all that being said, it's it's a tough matchup for me to necessarily feel good about either side. I'm going to like the Cub Swanson side until he gives me a reason not to. But uh, be careful with this one for sure. Marcos in chat mentioning Cub Swanson 3-0 versus Southpaws. It's a great stat to know about, but for me, the biggest thing for me is what does Cub Swanson look like on the scale tomorrow? That's going to tell a lot. I mean, this is, you know, I I feel like a good amount of times we sit here on this show and there's always one or two fighters, and and there's another fighter that we're going to talk about a little bit later. I want to see what he looks like on the scale. It's I want to see what he looks like scale before I kind of go all in on, on whether or not overall... 38 years old, dropping down 135 pounds. I, I, I'll get a little bit there. I'll get a sprinkle mm-hmm. of Cub Swanson, but I, I would, I would venture to say. I mean, I haven't done any crunches yet. I would say I'll probably be in that 20 to 25 percent range on Cub Swanson, and, and primarily because of that that knockout upside. Yeah, he has tremendous upside, and uh, I, I do think I, I know firsthand. For I say it all the time. Every time Cub Swanson fights. I was 22 years old and I sparred Cub Swanson and um, I remember doing well in periods, but I also remember getting lit up in periods and getting tossed on my head numerous times. He's able to blend it so well. Um, he is an aging veteran, but with all of, with, with his age, 
comes wisdom and experience and he's fought legitimate true competition. So like I'm going to be siding with Cub Swanson slightly until I look on the scales and say, all right, I'm off the Swanson bandwagon. So, uh, you know, this will be a tentative Cub Swanson pick. Next up, we've got a flyweight matchup, big matchup here in the 125-pound division. Askar Askarov, 9,200 on DraftKings, taking on Brand Roy Val, 7,000. Uh, by the way, the salaries have not come out on FanDuel. If they do come out during the show, we will mention uh, those salaries. A big matchup. And both these guys, you talk about tough slates that both these guys have had since coming into the UFC. For Askar Askarov, Elliott, Kai Car France, Bram Rayo, Alexander Pantoja, Bontarine, and Schnell. Uh, excuse me, that is the for Roy Val. For Askar Askarov, Moreno, Elliot Pantoja, Benavidez, France. So both these guys have fought the best of the best here at 125 pounds. Of course, Askar coming off that loss against Kai Car France, first professional loss of his career. Guy note that all of his fights have gone the distance. And when you think about Brandon Roy Val, has won back to back fights. But here's the one note I wrote about this fight, Pete. And I want to get your thought on it. it the takedown route for Askar Askarov in this matchup. He averages 2.6 mm-hmm. takedown per 15 minutes of fighting. And Roy Val has a takedown defense of 39%. Yeah, I, I like Askar Askarov a lot. I, I really do. Now, you have to always be careful when a fighter is experiencing um, a defeat. Um, so you don't know how they're going to rebound. It's not always in a positive manner. And especially when somebody's undefeated or when they've had a very dominant career and now they're starting to, you know, meet, get met with resistance a little bit. With all that being said, I, I think the Askar Askarov is in one of the best spots on the slate. And despite being a slower paced fighter traditionally, um, and he's priced up at 9,200, I just see him having the answers for Brandon Royval throughout this contest. I really do. I, I think that the takedowns are going to be there. He needs to be wise of the submission skill set of Brandon Royval, and he has to be very careful. So if I'm coaching Askar Askarov, it's like, let's, you know, do some upper body attacks. Let's limit the amount of times our neck is exposed for guillotine attempts because Royval can attempt a guillotine to basically transition into a scramble where he's threatening you with a multitude of, of submissions. So like from an underdog standpoint with tremendous upside, Royval is always dangerous. I just view Askarov's game to be strong enough to nullify anything that uh, Brandon Royval does. And I actually think that the takedowns can come um, plentiful takedowns. I mean, he went 2 of 14 against Kaikara France. If he attempts that same volume of of takedowns, I'm expecting takedown city numbers. I really am. 5 of 6 against Joseph Benavidez. 2 of 15 against Alexandre Pantoja. So you can also say that he's inefficient with his takedowns. But I also think that comes because of the uh, the strengths of his opponents, right? Like I think that Benavidez, Kaikara, France, and Pantoja have better takedown defense than Brandon Royval. So, like it's a it's an Askar Askarov play for me on a volatile card. He is one of the most um, he is one of my most confident picks on the slate, just because of where I view him within this weight class at 125 pounds. Three and a half takedowns landed is his prize picks prop. So that that's a tough one, right? Because like, I, I, dude, that's a good number. Cause like I could sit there and say of, I could see him land four takedowns, but man, I could also like, what happens if he gets like one or two and he just finishes Roy Val on the ground? Yeah. That's, that's my, that's my problem. That's what I was going to say is like, 
it may not even get to those numbers because like it could be one into ground and pound or a submission when Brandon Royval is getting a little desperate. Um, you know, I, I would think that if it goes 15 minutes that he smashes that number. It's just a matter of if the fight goes that long or not. So uh, I would be, it would be a sprinkle play for me. But as far as like DraftKings, I think that 9,200 is going to be a, a spot where a lot of people may not, might not want to get for a flyweight division that isn't really known for finishes. Um, but the high volume nature of the bout could actually elevate his score. So uh, I like Askarov a lot at 9,200. Before we move on to the fight, that to me is a fight that we got to roster. We got to have both sides of the fight. Oh, do want to let you know about a great promo we got going on right over here at stochastic.com where you can try NFL Stochastic free for three days. This is for new users only. Get full access to everything NFL Stochastic has to offer projections, ownership, 1v1 tools, lineup builder, top stacks tool. It is risk-free. Get it free for three days. Link is in the description below. Just click that link. This is for new users only. Great way to see the tools and data we have over here at stochastic.com for NFL. And, of course, uh, we got to all you covered for your UFC coverage as well. So be sure to hit that link for three free days at Stochastic NFL. This is for new users only. Great way, risk-free, to check out the tools we have here at stochastic.com for this upcoming weekend slate of NFL action. Of course, so you got the NFL tonight with the prime game. And then, of course, uh, on Saturday, on Sunday and on Monday, of course, uh, I'll be up in Pittsburgh. Hey, Pete, I it's hoodie season. I can actually like kind of pack some like somewhat warm weather gear. Yeah, it's been it's been hoodie season up here. But uh, well, yeah, bro, I mean, dude, I, I wake up. I'll go outside about seven o'clock in the morning to get in the car to go to go to the office. It's like 65 degrees. You are it's such really a baby. Good. It is ridiculous. Like up okay, here, you, we're, we're you, probably you in come, tank tops in 65. Bro, bro like, you come live here in Florida about six months. Let's see how quick you change. Uh, goodness gracious. Yeah, maybe I would. Then, I don't think but I But then by noon, it's like 85 degrees. Yeah, exactly. Jason's. You wouldn't Jason last. Jason had to New swim England. to get to this show, Pete. And you had the audacity <laughs> to call him a baby. Yeah, well, that is true. That is teach their own, and he he has his own battles living in Florida. Um, but hey, I would look, love to hey, see hey, Jason I, last one month in Connecticut. One month. Why? Why would I do that? We'll see. We'll see if you can do it. I, I know I can I handle Florida, no problem at all. Of course you could. You, you, <laughs> you would be Florida man within like two weeks. Trust me, I love Florida, so that, that would that would look, be a sneaky one hey, for me. You know what? The one thing I don't have to buy a shovel. shovel. Yeah, snow plow. I don't have to Good worry about one. any of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Watch. You guys are gonna get hit with two winter storms this this winter just because you said that. Mark it we, down right here, whoa, okay. October thirteenth at one twenty. Jason's gonna have two snowstorms in Florida this year just because he wants to be funny. Yeah, the world's ending. Okay. Thanks, Pete. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for letting us know. Yeah, literally. If it is snowing in Tampa this year, uh, yeah, the world is clearly coming to an end. Under over half a snowstorm. I'm saying over. Hey, just because under, of Jason. Under. Under. It has okay, never it has never snowed here all my life. I'm 41 years old. It has mm. never snowed here. First time for everything, and it's going to happen now. First time for everything. What you going for a submission in a fight? <laughs> I hey, hold on. I ha I have. I actually pause real quick. I actually have a record fastest submission. In Bellator's featherweight history, thirty-seven we, seconds. We we I'm, we also we also know that's not exactly your go-to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But exactly. So uh, the 
the last yeah. recorded snow day in Tampa, Florida was January 19th, 1977, Pete. So I'm going to say the under's heavily juiced. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. With that, there's two ways to look at it. It sounds like you're due. So uh, get your get your snow shovel, buddy. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about okay. that. Okay. So that's, that's things I don't worry about. Yeah. Now, what I do yeah. worry about is uh, how much Troy Wright I really want to have in my lineups at 7,500, taking on Desco to Dorovich. I mean, look, Jordan Wright, I haven't even looked at what the under one and a half rounds is. It has to be juiced to the gills. Uh, Jordan Wright's never seen a third round in his life. Uh, he's only seen the second round twice. Uh, both of these guys, one and three in their last four, so uh, we can see what's happening here. The loser's going to get cut uh, from the UFC. Jordan Wright does have a three-day reach advantage. I mean, look, you're not going to feel good rostering either one of these guys, but like, if you tell me I was going to go 60-40 one way or the other, if I sit there and say I'm rostering one of these guys in every single one of my lineups and I'm going 60-40, the 60 would be Dusko, but while we both do not love Jordan Wright, you know, and, and a lot of that has to do with what we see in the UFC and what we saw prior to the UFC, the guy's a finisher. Like, he's a guy that has to be in your player pool. Mm. Yeah, so, like, this is a fight that's going to make or break a lot of lineups. If you avoided this fight, you could avoid having half of your lineups being a mess. So that is one way to get, a, you know, get leverage on the field is instead of, let's say, in 150 max, if people did a 50-50 split, um, instead of them having only 75 active lines, if you just kind of pivoted to a different matchup where you felt more comfortable, that's that's one way to get different. But for me, I'm going to try to hit the correct side of this fight. And if I am over aggressive on the correct side of this fight, it could actually work out really well for me because of how early I think that this fight is going to uh, going to end. Now, with that being said, I could be left with 150 lineups with single digit performers. And uh, that, that's a risk that I'm willing to take. I am picking Dusko Todorovic. Now, he is a defensive liability, and his hands do not come back to his face at all. He's coming off a brutal knockout defeat to Chidi and Jaquani, where that elbow completely sent him to the shadow realm. Um, prior to that, he's always been a guy that has offensive skills, very good with his boxing, very good with his wrestling and his jiu-jitsu, top heavy ground and pound. Um, it's just a matter of getting to that point before he gets KO'd. And if you give Jordan Wright an opening, he does have the offensive striking skills to put you away. But I've seen more red flags from Jordan Wright throughout his career, from the contender series to even in the UFC, when it comes to submission de defense, when it comes to uh, absorbing a shot than I have from Dusko Todorovic. And I've always... I don't think I've picked Jordan Wright once in his entire UFC career. I just don't think I have. And if I did, maybe it was against Jamie Pickett. I don't think I don't think I did that. Um, but I, I will tell you that I think that Dusko actually has a ceiling in the UFC if he refines some technical flaws. Whereas Jordan Wright looks like the most inconsistent fighter, inconsistent from minute to minute fighter that that is in the UFC. So. It's going to be a Dusko Todorovic heavy lean, but I can understand the the hesitance with this matchup where you're like, I don't trust either. I'm doing 60-40 split, and I think that's going to be the common build for people. So I'm going to try to get away from the uh, the chalk percentages when it comes to exposure, and I'm just going to go heavy on one side, and it's going to be Dusko, and I'll close my eyes. Under one and a half, 
minus 220. Yeah, it's value. There's value on that. Yeah, and Dusko on prize picks, it is uh, four and a half. Little teaser. That's one of the two plays I'm going to give you on prize picks this week. Yeah, I like the I, under I like there. That. Yeah, I mean, I, good, I don't good know, like, How do you go over in that situation? I don't know how you do it. Yeah, if you go over, you, you are just always against the grain. And yeah, you are just, I don't know. You got to be careful. I don't know. I don't really see how. Now, I, I did read something or saw something where Dusko mentioned that his head coach will finally be a part of his corner for the first time in his UFC career or something like that. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what I saw. And uh, that's an interesting wrinkle, right? Like if he's been fighting without his head coach due to visa issues or whatever, um, you know, perhaps he could go out there a little smarter, fight a little bit more intelligent and uh, piece everything together. Because I do think that if he takes Jordan Wright to the mat, it's going to be a quick night. Did you hear who allegedly is going to be in Islam Machev's corner next time? No, I did not. Hasbula. Come on, guys. What are we doing here? I'm, I'm hoping that his management is just playing a joke on everyone. I mean, I, I don't know. As long as you have Habib, really, who cares? I mean, we have seen people do stupid stunts like this. You had Joaquin Buckley bring the self-defense guy. Why, why are you hating hey, on what? him? Why are you hating on? Uh, oh, I'd rather I would rather Hasbulla than the self defense man. I'll tell you that. I think we need to bring him to uh, Rogers Mixed Martial Arts Academy for a seminar. No problem, no problem. <laughs> bring him by. Yeah, I saw I saw that on Twitter yesterday. I'm like, this can't be real. And then I saw like literally his manager said he's a yes. I was like, oh my god, please be. I hope that's wrong. But yeah, we're starting to Habib see the and, age. and Javier. Yeah, right. ha- ha- Habib and Javier Mendez is obviously the, the big ones in terms of that corner. By the way, another note of that fight, I talked about this on a podcast last night. Have you been on uh, MMA IG over the last 24 hours? I have been really slammed and kind of everywhere, so please fill me in. I, I might have missed it. Charles Oliveira, great fighter. Oh, yeah. Why is he with lions and tigers and bears? Oh, my. What the hell is he doing? For people who don't see this, he is walking a lion on a leash who's letting him do this weeks who two is weeks putting before a his leash fight? on a lion if i go to connecticut and you're like hey jay let's go on an excursion today man and then you take me to some zoo and like hey man you're gonna walk this line on a leash i go oh hell i'm not oh really see i would do it but i don't know if i would do it two weeks before my title fight like that i think timing is everything like I, yeah you gotta live jay you gotta like What's the worst thing? Just throw somebody else in front of you, and then you're fine. But Tyler, outside Tyler's of that, gotta, Tyler's got to put on the screen. Like, bro, do you got a death wish? You you want to walk a lion? This ain't walking a dog, bro. Yeah, but I mean, some dogs. Uh, you see how that thing's walking? It's actually walking. I know a lot of people who can't even have their dogs walk that well on a leash. So, I mean, is Tyler one of them? I mean, maybe maybe he gets dragged down the street. He skins his knee every time he takes his dog for a walk. Dude, but, what, how how does that conversation start though? That's called that's called when you have just stupid money. You do stupid things like that. Like people buy wild exotic animals. People do really stupid things. I'm surprised the UFC didn't put a halt to that. If I'm being honest, like this is a fight that they've wanted for a very long time. Had they known it, I think they would have put a halt to it. But uh, I think this is kind of done, um, you know, without the UFC's permission. That's crazy. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what, what is going on here? What world are we yeah. living in? Oh, look, I'm watching the line right now. That's awesome. 
Dude, yeah. Uh, let's move over to the next matchup. We got Misha Serkinov taking on Alonzo Minifield. Alonzo Minifield, he's 8,900, 7,300. For Misha Serkinov, Serkinov returning to 205 pounds after his last two fights. We're at 185 pounds. He's lost three in a row, two and six in his last eight fights. Minifield, three and one in his last four fights. Uh, the one loss coming against William Knight is coming off a first-round victory. Four of his five UFC wins have come in the first round. But this is a fight that if you're looking at the underdog, Pete, you, you, the oh. mindset's got to be Serkinoff is going to attempt to take Menafield to take down City. Between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better at Aquavita. Visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Yeah, I mean he needs to. The issue is is bouncing between weight classes is something I do not like. Um when you are so unsure that you're blaming performances based on, you know, your weight, whether it's, you know, the weight of your opponents or how you feel at certain weights, whether you're too small, too fast, uh, too slow or not strong enough. It's kind of like a cop out. And I do think that there is some merit to what Misha's concerned about. Um, the issue is you can't take a shot at this heavyweight class and you're going up against a guy in Alonzo Menafield who hits really, really hard. Now, with all that being said, is if he's able to absorb a shot or not get hit, I think that he is the better mixed martial artist. If, if you really want to like put all the boxes out there, I think that Misha actually checks more boxes than Alonzo Menafield mm -hmm. when it comes to if it hits the mat. Uh, his submission skills are second to none. Like He's really, really good. And we also think that Alonzo Menafield has a questionable gas tank. I don't think that Alonzo Menafield's win was all that impressive over Askar Mozharov. It's kind of what should have happened. That guy should not have ever been in the UFC. Um, so, like, if I'm not going to be a Jordan right backer, which other underdogs am I going to have exposure to? Like, and that's me personally. I I'm recommending mm -hmm. everybody else to get to some Jordan right. But for me personally, if I'm not getting to Jordan right, there goes one of the best underdogs with upside at 7,500. I think the $200 savings to Misha Serkinov has some has some upside as well, especially if this hits the mat. I don't think it'll be close. I really do not. Um, my issue is him just getting knocked out in horrific fashion, similar to how he has in a lot of his losses. So um, it'll be a lean towards Misha Serkinov just because of my lineup construction. Mm -hmm. 
But this is another fight that I will create a group on and don't care who I get to. Uh, I have questions about Menafield. I have questions about Serkinov. Not sure if you feel the same about this fight, but I, I do think that it's going to be, uh, you know, have a ton of GPP implications. My concern on the Menafield aspect, and I, I do like him win this because I really have a lot of questions about Misha being able to take the power mm-hmm. at 205 pounds, particularly after being at 185, now back 205. You go back to his previous 205-pound fights, there was a lot of struggles that were going on. They were taking the power that was coming from these 205-pound fighters. But a concern I would have for Menafield is what happens if Serkinov can drag him into deep waters can yep. you know may, maybe he's not able to get the takedowns early on the fight but he's able to make this a clinch type fight against the fence wear down alonzo minifield that would be my concern for minifield like in terms of a, of a massive gpp i i want to take some shots on circuit off just because of the gpp yep. upside but if you tell me i got a roster I'm, I'm one lineup and i got a roster one guy out of this lineup i'd rather go the minifield route than the circuit off route yeah, okay, I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that uh, analysis and assessment. Um, if you kind of look back at Alonzo Menafield's career, you can see where a William Knight loss and a Devin Clark loss, where that kind of wall install against the cage did occur. He's he's losing minutes in a situation like that. Every minute that ticks off, he is less and less dangerous. Um, one of the best first round players on this entire slate, if you're being honest, because he has tremendous power. But over the course of 15 minutes, I do think that it's it's Serkinov's you know, the longer the fight goes. So be, be careful with the fight. Sean V notes in uh, the chat, he goes, I went to Arnold Schwarzenegger's house for a Christmas party in 2018. He had all kinds of animals there. We were all holding up the alligator. No big lions, though, but just a baby mountain lion. I haven't I haven't messed around with some wild animals like that. Like, I haven't held any anything crazy. I don't deal with snakes. I left parties in college. They'd be like, oh, we got a snake. I'd be like, oh, okay, I'd leave. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd rather walk the mountain lion or rather walk the, the lion. I, yes, I'm not yes. I'm not even holding a snake at all. Not, not a chance. See you later. When I was in New Orleans a couple weeks ago on Bourbon Street, there was like three or four people with snakes around their, their yeah, shoulders. Get nope, me, nope, get, get away, get away. Nope. Yeah, I, I don't mess with snakes, man. Uh, some people are all about it. I am the opposite. Um, I'm not going to harm a snake. I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah, it's cool. See you later. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll deal with the monkeys, the alligators, the lions, hell, anything, spiders even, over, over the snake. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. Of course, this is the MMA DFS Strategy Show. We're getting ready for UFC Vegas number 62, and we are sponsored by Prize Picks. Go ahead, check out all their daily prop contests they have over at prizepicks.com. Of course, you can download their app in the App Store and to click the link in the description below to get one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to a $100 deposit match bonus when you sign up and make a deposit with Prize Picks. They got a free square for opening night of the NBA with Steph Curry, so you got to do that. Of course, you do the multi-sport cross entries. And looking over at this MMA slate on Saturday, the two that really stuck out to me is in the fight times. Alonzo Minifield, his fight time number is six and a half feet. I like the under there, and I already mentioned I like the under on Dusko at four and a half. So I, I definitely agree with you with the Dusko number. The Minifield one's interesting if the wall install does occur. Um, it, go, it comes down to how likely you think that happens. If you think it's less than a, a 30% chance, then I say target that number. Um, if you think that a wall install is kind of like a 50-50 shot, then um, I would avoid it. Um, but but mostly, Menafield, Serkinov, 
ends inside rounds one and a half. So like, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a good line. No doubt about it. Be sure to check out Prize Picks, the sponsor of this show. You can download their app in the App Store. And, of course, I mentioned about that great offer we have there. Just check the description below to take advantage of that offer. Next up, we got Mono Martinez taking on Brand Davis. Brand Davis, he's 7,700. Mono Martinez, 8,500. Uh, Mono Martinez, 1-1 one one in the UFC. Both those fights uh, did go to the decision, split decision win against Guido Canetti, and then had that unanimous decision loss to Ronnie Lawrence, where he was down two rounds to nothing. And James Crowder just fires him up and basically tells him go knock this dude out he dropped him two times that third round but mm-hmm. uh, unable to get the win uh and prior to entering the ufc uh eight of his uh wins had come via finish for brand davis returned to the ufc last year uh did not look good in that fight against uh where he got the loss there and this is his first fight in one year uh he's two and six in the ufc when he left the ufc the first time the best way i put it he took on journeyman on the regional scene yep. Um, this is a fight that, oh God, I, I just don't feel good either way. Yeah, I don't feel good either way. I will, I will kind of, um, throw out there that, you know, Mono Martinez was my ultimate dart throw the last time he was fighting against Ron, Ronnie Lawrence, uh, Lawrence to kind of test that chin. And he looked terrible in rounds one and two, but in rounds three, it's kind of, it came to fruition a little bit and he started to test Ronnie Lawrence and land those big, heavy shots. And stylistically that was a very very difficult fight for him because you're having to defend the takedown and you're not on your feet able to show off your skills and in your dominant area of the fight um and now i do think that a fight against brandon davis is more along the lines of stylistically of where he you know the coach would be like all right cool this is a better fight for us um brandon davis could mix in some takedowns though that is a an ace up his sleeve he has done it in the past um traditionally a very very hard worker in the gym so he has a good gas tank against giga chikaze he attempted seven takedowns and he landed three of them i do think that mana has better takedown defense than giga um you know giga has improved so that might be a hot take but i I will say that uh mana martinez you know he this should be a striking matchup for as long as it lasts and i don't know how brandon davis is going to respond to getting knocked out in such vicious fashion against a uh, Dana Bakary. So it's like, who do I feel more comfortable about? Uh, traditionally I'll be leaning underdogs a lot, but for this matchup, the mid 8,000, something that's always kind of glossed over and forgotten. And I think that Mana Martinez might fit that bill. and might be one of those guys. Uh, he did get knocked down several times against Ronnie Lawrence as well. So it's like, this could be a knockdown fest where they just start swinging, swinging and banging and somebody's going to hit the, hit the mat. But I think like, from everything regionally that we learned about Mana Martinez, all our expectations were that he's a dangerous, dangerous striker and he flatlines people. So uh, give me Mana Martinez 8,500 in a favorable stylistic matchup. That could be high paced. I'm still going to get the Brandon Davis, probably about 20% of my lineups. And that's how I'm going to go about this slate is mixing and matching these underdogs, especially for ones that I have, a, a, you know, some, I want to have some exposure to because I can see them spoiling spoiling it for us. But uh, as far as like the pick, I am picking Mana Martinez at 8,500. Next up, we got a match between Rafael Sansal and Victor Henry. Victor Henry, 9,300. 6,900 for Rafael Sansal. Sansal has lost four in a row, all against killers. Murray, Sanhagen, Garbrandt, and Simone. Uh, he was finished in three of those four fights. His last win came back in 2018 versus Rob Font. For Victor Henry, came into the UFC beginning of this year, and, and he was almost a 4-1 to betting underdog against Hani Barcelos. Goes out there and gets the win. He In that three 
round decision, Pete, he landed 222 total strikes. Now, he did absorb 134. So, like, if you go to UFCStats.com and you see that uh, strikes land per minute of 12.07 for Victor Henry, that is why that number is so high. Yeah, I mean, but, like, how many Barcelos presses you backwards and he's constantly pressing forward and throwing combinations. And, you know, you saw how good Honey Barcelos looked his last time out. So, you know, th- this is a good win. Victor Henry got a good win over Honey Barcelos and he landed 200, 181 significant strikes. He threw 352 significant strikes. So like the volume is ridiculous. Uh, Honey was kind of not expecting somebody to be able to match his volume, his pace, his aggressiveness. And guess what? Victor Henry is so well-rounded that he can do such. He is a fantastic submission artist as well. Um, Good defensive grappler, good offensive grappler, very good striker. And I think the pace and the pressure of him against Rafael Sunsau is why this is priced accordingly at 9,300 versus 6,900. You know, MMA is a ruthless sport, and we remember what people have done so much throughout their career. And it's hard to kind of not have a biased opinion when you see a former title challenger and a guy who was a staple within the division and Rafael Sunsau now be falling short in some of the matchups. And you're like, ah, I think he's going to pick up a win one of these times. And it's like, yeah, it's been tough sledding. It really has been tough sledding. And it's an unforgiving sport. And when it's it's gone, it's gone. So I I actually think that Victor Henry is the A-side here, clearly. Um, Picking him to win against Rafael Sunsau. If you think that it was a fluke against um, Howdy Barcelos, by all means, target some some Rafael Sunsau 6,000 dart throws. But uh, I think that Vic- Victor Henry is the real deal, and I think he's going to be a tough out for a lot of fighters. You know who might be knocking on a Sunsau's door right now, right? Father Time? Exactly. Ooh. Father yeah. time, father time. I think is on the other side of that door. Yeah, I think so too. Um, buddy. Uh, yeah, to me, it's a Victor Henry. It's just a matter of whether you want to get there or not. The next matchup, you got Nick Maximoff taking on Jacob Malkoon. Eighty-three hundred for Nick Maximoff. Seventy-nine hundred for Jacob Malkoon. For Maximoff, two and one in the UFC, coming off that loss against Petrovsky. Uh, Malkoon, two and two in the UFC, is coming. Uh, both those wins have come via decision. His last three fights have gone the distance. Here's my question for you, Pete. Mm-hmm. Who's the better striker? It's a good one. It's a good question. And it's something I've been kind of going back and forth on all week. And prior to, you know, digging in, I'm a Jacob Malkoon guy. I I really am. Uh, I I like Nick Maximov a lot. But what was shown against Andre Petrosky is that he is, you know, susceptible to getting choked out as well. I mean, that was a hell of a choke that Petrosky put on him and kind of his specialty. And if you don't respect your opponent's skill set, then you can be you can fall victim to it at any point. And uh, Jacob Malcoon looked like he was not going to have a UFC career when he got starched against Phil Hawes. But guess what? He has put together three impressive performances. And I know that he lost to Brennan Allen, but I scored that as a win. I truthfully did. He, he landed a tremendous amount of takedowns, uh, seven of 14, six of 16 against AJ Dobson and eight of 24 against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. I don't understand how this guy has such a high pace within his fights. It is really, really impressive. Very few times have I ever sat there and and been impressed to the fact of like somebody putting on such a pace where it's like, that's hard. Maybe casuals won't recognize how difficult that is, but as a hardcore fan, a fighter, a trainer, what he does is kind of like the Colby Covington, but guess what? 
Nick Maximov has done the same thing too. So I'm interested to see who's the better grappler here. He's, he's landed 11 of 16 takedown attempts against Punahela Soriano, four of 15 against Cody Brundage. Different stylistic standpoints. Uh, Maximov more of a wrestler. Um, and you have Malkoon more of as a grappler with untraditional, unconventional takedowns. I think Malkoon has the better striking. I, I, I do. And usually when two grapplers get together, it turns into a striking matchup because they're grappling to gaze each other. Mm-hmm. I think we are going to see them land takedowns and it's going to come down to cardio and it's going to come down to top position. So I am picking the underdog in Jacob Malkoon. And if you had, if you made a, a strong case for, for Nick Maximov, I, I really wouldn't, you know, fault you there, but I'm a Malkoon guy. And uh, I, I really think that working with Whitaker a lot is going to help him be prepared. Um, you know, and I just think that he's fought some tough competition as well. So, so give me Malkoon at 7,900. I'm with you on that one there. Next up, we got Joe Anderson, Brito, 9,400, taking on Lucas Alexander at 6,800. Brito, one and one in the UFC. Uh, lost his debut against Bill Algeo, then that 41 second knockout against Andre Feely. Uh, and uh, Alexander, he has won five in a row, but when you do a little bit of a deep diving in that topology, there was something that stuck out to me, Pete. Lucas Alexander's had struggled making 145 pounds. So yeah. this is the second fire in this card that I want. I, I do like Joe Anderson Brito. I love his style, love the four pace, pace that he has. But I do want to see if Lucas Alexander makes weight tomorrow. What do you think the salaries are going to be for this? Ninety four hundred and sixty eight hundred is the salaries. Oh, they're out. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking at the cruncher right now. All right, perfect. Uh, that that's kind of where I was going to say. I was going to say ninety five hundred for Brito. Um, all right, cool. Uh, I like Brito. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, you, you hit on the, the weight concerns about Lucas Alexander, but, um, I think that Brito is a hard fighter to, to go up against for a lot of people. And, uh, we have seen his skills, uh, from the, the striking, the grappling, um, you know, Bill Algeo is a tough guy. And, and if you don't put him away, then he's going to spoil the party. So I think that Joe Anderson Brito is going to have some of the best finishing potential on the slate. I, I just really do. He hits really hard. He has so many ways to win. You have a, he was preparing for a fighter that had a full camp. Now you have a fighter on a short camp. Give me Brito. I'm going to have a tremendous amount of him for the slate. Um, obviously, I'll be keeping my eyes on the weigh-ins, as you mentioned, but uh, it's hard for me not to think that Brito gets this done inside two rounds. Next up, you got a female match between Rodriguez and Hughes, 8,600 for Rodriguez, 7,600 for Hughes. Uh, Rodriguez won her UFC debut uh, with Sijuan over Kay Hansen. Uh, three of her last four wins have come by decision for Hughes. She's won back-to-back fights after she started 0-3 in the UFC. And in those wins, she was really able to go the grappling round. I just don't think she can mm-hmm. do in this fight. I think this is a Rodriguez or pass situation. Yeah, I, I don't really know what to do with this fight, if I'm being honest. And I have no kit. I, I have no problem telling you guys when I'm struggling with a fight. And I am struggling with this fight because Sam Hughes kind of has that Jordan right about her. I just don't want to back her. I just don't. And maybe in certain matchups, I'm pretty sure I, I was picking Elise. No, who did I pick? Estela, Estela Nunez to beat Sam Hughes. Um, and it looked good until it didn't. And it just goes to show you that MMA is crazy. If you do not get your opponent out of there, and you have a poor gas tank, you can see the momentum change and you can see where, you know, uh, you have Sam Hughes starting to come from behind because she's always in good shape. Mm-hmm. Could that happen here against Piero Rodriguez? Sure. Do I think that the winner of this fight scores? Well, no, I really don't. This could be one of the biggest leverage spots on the slate, especially from an ownership standpoint of people kind of just, oh, I don't want to put this fight in my, in my, in my builds. Um, that's kind of how I'm going to have the, you know, 
that's that's the dilemma I'm going to have when I'm constructing lineups. It's like, eh, I'll get to it, but I'm not going to feel good about it. So Pierre Rodriguez, 8,600 is going to be the pick for me. I, again, um, you could do worse than a Sam Hughes coming from behind because since she's made the, the switch to Fortis, she has looked significantly better. And could, perhaps we haven't seen her, the ceiling. Um, when she gets in top position and she lands takedowns, man, she's a hell of a fighter. It's just... Uh, does she does she really have a third victory in a row? I, I don't know. I'm going to say no. So Pierre Rodriguez is the is the play, but I hate the fight. I'm with you there. Next up, a uh, flyweight matchup between Tahara and Vegara. Tahara, 9100, 7100 for Vegara. Tahara won his UFC debut via decision against Carlos Candelario. Uh, eight of his 11 wins have come via finish. Of course, on um, the other side, Vegara, 1-1 one one in the UFC. He had that loss to Ode Osborne and coming off that win against Rodriguez. Yeah, so I, I really like Tatsuo Tyra here. Um, I think for the division, his grappling, we really haven't even seen the best of it yet. And uh, when he beat Carlos, it was impressive. But I still don't think it was as as impressive as what his actual ceiling is. Um, this is a guy that can traditionally land a ton of takedowns, went one of five in the takedown department, um, landed a knockdown, had two reversals, three submission attempts. So... That tells me he's fighting for the finish. And when I watch his tape, his regional tape, he lands a lot of good trips and takedowns and upper body throws. And I, I like what he brings to the table, especially for the division. Um, when you have a guy who is skilled in CJ Vergara, he could work his way back to the feet, which could lead to more takedowns. I mean, he, he stuffed six takedowns against Ode Osborne, five takedowns against Clayton Rodriguez. I don't think either one of those fighters are on the grappling caliber that Tatsu or Tyra is. So 9,100 is going to be the play for me. Tatsuro Tyra, very, very, uh, th this fighter needs to have an asterisk on the card because mm -hmm. I think in a year's time, two years time, we could be talking about a guy fighting in the top 10. Um, I, I, I like him. He, I don't think that he's a fraud where a lot of international talent sometimes is against, uh, against the, you know, the, the talents inside the UFC. I actually think that he's, he's legit. So uh, Tatsuro Tyra, 9,100 is the play. Opening fight of the night, Mike Rodriguez, 6700, taking on Pete Rodriguez, 9500. Pete, here's all you got to say on this one. Friends don't let friends roster Mike Jackson. I guess I guess we're not friends because I'm doing it. And uh, I, I am doing it. I'm telling you uh, why I'm doing it. Okay, listen. Oh. And the reason I'm doing it is because I just don't trust the price point on Pete Rodriguez. I just don't. Like minus 700, minus 800. Okay, this guy's never really been in round two ever. Um, he looked terrible against Jack Della Maddalena. And I think Jack Della Maddalena is one of my favorite prospects ever. I really love Jack Della. Um, but what I'm saying is fighting is crazy. And if you've never been in rounds two or three, you don't know how you're going to respond. And even a guy like I've seen the worst fighters ever win rounds against, against amazing fighters, just because the amazing fighters tired, just because the amazing fighter has not experienced certain situations in a fight. So like, yeah, I'm sprinkling Mike Jackson in here just because I don't think that 9,500 should be the price point. Um, Pete Rodriguez has some of the best round one odds based on how he fights. So he, he's probably, you know, next to Alonzo Menafield, one of the best fighters out there to go out there. And if he wins, it's in round one. What happens if he doesn't? Mm -hmm. I'm just saying Mike Jackson does box a lot. And straight punches were a significant issue for Pete Rodriguez against Jack Della Maddalena. He was getting hit. His, his head was popping back like a Pez dispenser. So like 
Rodriguez should win this fight all day long. And if he does it, he's gone. I think both fighters might be gone regardless. So uh, I'm sprinkling Mike Jackson in there. I'm going to look at ownership. If it's single digit, I am definitely doubling it just because the, the odds are all ridiculous. But uh, if Pete Rodriguez loses this fight, then he does not belong in the UFC. Look, I think Pete Rodriguez is put in the situation to get rid of Mike Rod- Mike uh, to get rid of Mike Jackson in the UFC. That that's what so was so was some other fighters too, like Dean Barry. That was a that was ugly. Like even up until the fouls, like Dean Barry, it was a the, he was there. He didn't get rid of him. So it's like I I'm a, I'm in agreement with you. I think they want to get rid of Mike Jackson. I think that they could have done it a lot worse. But hey, if, if Mike know. Jackson was a 185er. You know they would just give Bo Nickel to him and just say, "Bo, just go to." Get, that's a perfect, get rid of this. perfect, perfect. That's what I'm saying. Like that. That's a perfect. That that sh- that's what should have happened. Something like that. Like, by one of these guys. What like happens if he series, beats yeah. Pete Rodriguez? You know what I mean? Like, what happens? It's like now he's around again. Come on. Now he's probably got a new four fight deal. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Just like get get this guy out of here. Um, yeah. You know. He has good straight punches. That's all I can say about Mike Jackson. He's not a good fighter. It's just that like minus 800. That's crazy to me. Um, Dean Barry was like minus a thousand. Like that's crazy to me. You know what I mean? Like it's fighting. Anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, as we get in our straight up fight picks, I'm just going to tell you, uh, I'm chalk city for the most part. Okay. Um, so uh, main event, I got Grasso. Grasso. Co-main event, Martinez. I'm going to go Cub. I'll go Askarov. Askarov. Dusko. I'm going to go Dusko. Menafield. Yeah, for for the picks, I'll say Menafield. Uh, Mana. Mana. Henry. Henry. Malcoon. Malcoon. Uh, Brito. Brito. Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Tara. Yep, Tyra. And Rodriguez. Man, I have to pick Rodriguez as far as that. It's a it's a GPP play for Mike Jackson. It's a nothing else. Yeah, I mean, look, it's. I, I think the only question that fight is whether or not it ends up being optimal. Uh, Samuel, appreciate you in the super chat. We're going to end the show here on this one. Of course, uh, coming up next is the NHL Strategy Show. And of course, we got you covered for tonight's NFL slate here on Stochastic. dot com. Uh, top two cash. Uh, Brito. And um, uh, I'm going to go Henry. That's where I was going to go exactly there. Uh, GPPs, top two GPPs. The right fight and um, it's the right fight against Todorovic. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then it's the Menafield against Serkinov. We're right on the same page as yeah. what I was thinking there too. Uh, underdogs. I mean, like looking at underdogs from a GPP upside, the ones that stick out to me, Pete, Cub Swanson, Jordan mm-hmm. Wright, Misha Serkinov. Agree with you. Even if I don't agree with some of the picks, like uh, that's where I think the ceiling lies when it comes to underdogs. Uh, favorite inside the distance, I, you know, not to sound like a broken record here, Wright to Dordovich, Serkinov, Minifield, uh, Brito Alexander, Jackson yeah, I like Rodriguez. Brito a lot. Yeah, Brito seems like a free square this week. Uh, top dart, top so, dart. If I was Mike gonna Jackson. say under under seventy four hundred, oh man, 
under seventy four hundred would be tough. I mean, I, I from the grappling side, I, I do like um, Jacob Malcoon, but he's like seventy nine hundred. Um, if I was going to go under seventy six, been a few. All right, Sarkinoff, excuse me. Yeah, I agree um, with you. Optimal place, um, Minifield, Sarkinoff, right, uh, Dusko. I'm pretty sure you you agree with that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, I like Tyra a lot. And his over under seven and a half. I'm going to say under. It's a good number. It's a good number. Uh, good number. Uh, I would go under as well. He goes P with that baby showdown takedowns. Congratulations. Thank uh, you. I saw, I saw Brie was in the gym uh, uh, on the IG stories. Yeah, she was. She was. Yeah. So I've been winning these, these showdowns for NFL and these NFL slates and whatnot. So yeah. Helping out for all the ba- all the baby bills coming, so I'm excited. Kudos, kudos! Always uh, love seeing those winning screenshots. Of course, uh, be sure to send us me and Pete will be back here on Saturday afternoon for live for lock 3 p.m. Eastern time. Pete, that's just a little bit of no, so you know exactly what time we're on. And of course, Thank coming you. up next is the NHL strategy. So we get you ready for tonight's NHL slate. Appreciate everyone tuning in for the show, and we look forward to talk to you on Saturday for live before lock. Have a good afternoon, everybody. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.